Welcome to Probably Science. My name is Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. We have a regular guest, regular <laughs> returning guest. You may remember our guest from episode four right. of Probably Science. Hey. <laughs> that is episode four in 2012. February 2012, yeah. It's Barry Rothbart. Hey, everybody. Since then, you, you've been on all manner of shows since then. You've been uh, yeah, down I've with Dog, Kidding, with Jim Carrey. Our first guest to do a Scorsese movie, I believe. That was, I was shooting it. Uh, That's right, you were Wolf of no, Wall Street. No, it. I wasn't shooting it yet when I did your show. I it think you were just about Wall to. Street. I, was, I, just, I was just about to audition for it in a month or two. Because yeah. I remember doing a, a show with you just after you came, because you, you taped it out of town, right? Were you in, was it in New York? or It was it? in New York, yeah, yeah. I had moved to New York for it, yeah. And then you came back to town, and uh, after that, and because uh, I remember talking to you afterwards, I was like, "So, do you like like meet Martin Scorsese and stuff?" And you, <laughs> and you were like, "Yeah, he directed the film that I was acting in." It's sort of hard not to meet him. <laughs> That'd be really funny if he didn't meet us. <laughs> like I, I, I was like, I don't know if it's such a big film. Maybe it'll just like yeah. there's a second yeah. unit director who just like he just. No, we hung out. Yeah, he was great. Like but, after <laughs> after you hung out, like after the cameras. Mm. No, it was more like we had really late nights and we would uh, talk about stuff at, like as we were because the oh, the whole the, the whole I mean I can't believe I'm talking about this movie. I again, mean, come on, it's kind of it was just like cool, every right? <laughs> every every day was just so long because it takes forever to shoot a Scorsese movie. Oh, I didn't know that. was And you're thing. just like you're there at three a.m. and you're just hanging out with Leo and Scorsese sure. and like and everyone's just like tired and kind of they put their guard down and that's when you get them. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you get him. That's when you get in there. Is he, is he always kind of a loop of like Rolling Stones songs playing? Uh, I don't know. He does. I think he smokes marijuana a lot. Oh yeah, and people don't know that. I di- I wouldn't have assumed that. No, he's and he like- also. Um, it's funny. We were talking about movies at some point, and uh, he talked about Raging Bull, and I was like, "Oh, I love that movie." And he's like, "Yeah, I made it." Like we, I forgot that he. <laughs> forgot we were talking about a movie he made. <laughs> And uh, it was just that casual that I forgot he made the movie we were talking about. He, I could see how he could be that kind of guy who would be like, he would make you put, get your guard down too because he he's kind of talks fast and doesn't, he doesn't have a big presence, it seems like, as a yeah. person. Yeah, and like, he just loves being on set. He's just like, he's it's not like the, his diva. favorite place. Yeah. yeah, he just loves it. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Sorry to make Why would he want to be, stuff, a, you know, why would you want to be a diva? At that? Why does anybody want to? Do you know what I mean? Like, to, I, yeah, but when you're working with people, you don't want to yeah. be... People would, are, but yeah, it just feels, it's more fun if you're just like, hey, let's hang out. I would but think, he's been a real yeah. piece of shit to me since then. <laughs> 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 he just hasn't called once. Oh, yeah. fucking Scorsese. That's, that's Did you have nothing? Did it, was it that meaningless, <laughs> your time together? All those campfire chats? It's funny, a few people in the cast who I was close with ended up being in other Scorsese stuff, and I never was. Never, never again. I had a lot of stuff cut out. Um, it was um, that was a pretty brutal experience, but I, you know, I was in it a lot too. So yeah, you definitely yeah was watching yeah. it. I was like oh, that's yeah, that's there Barry. he is. There you, he is. In, you were part of the like gang of of brokers, yeah, if you will, right? So what was yeah, the man. what they, was there one of the pack? We call this ourselves the gang of brokers. The gang of brokers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was the we working title of the film, and then it came yeah. out gobs. <laughs> Why isn't it called Gang of Brokers anymore? It's just Gang a- of Brokers. 
It seems to mostly be about Leo's character now. What about the gang? But he did He's the, like gangs in New York and then right, gangs of brokers. Every movie now has to be gangs of blank. Gangs of Irishmen. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Gangs of Italians. That was his previous seven movies. It was called Gangs of Italians. Gangs of Fists. <laughs> it was right. Gangs um, of yeah. Taxis. It's all there. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Gangs of Cape's Fear. Did he do Cape Fear? He didn't do Cape Fear, did he? He did not. I don't know. He might have. I'm not uh, that well versed. I know The Departed. That was his first Oscar. Gangs right? of Departed. Gangs yeah. of Departed. Sure. <laughs> Gangs have gone. Are you looking up Scorsese movies? He, I'm looking movie? up Cape Fear to see if uh, he uh, did. You are right. He, he did do that. He oh, he did, did Cape Fear. Yeah. Um, De Niro was that. in that, right? De Niro, Juliette Lewis. Oh. Yeah. I want to say Nick Nolte. Or at least he directed. I was confused with Fear. The Do you remember the movie Fear with Those Mark the, Wahlberg? Around the same time, like 93, yeah. 94. Yeah. And then Fear, I also confused with. Uh, wait, was that the one where he's on a roller coaster with, with a girl? Yeah. Okay, Alicia then. Silverstone, right? I guess. I haven't seen it. I think I also confused that with Swim Fan, maybe. Swim Fan. <laughs> Jesse Bradford. I don't even know who's in it. I just there was a point where Jesse Bradford and I were going in for a lot of the same auditions, and we just would always see each other in the waiting rooms, and eventually we were like. Hey, you, uh, I see you a lot. And he was like, yeah, stop talking to me. <laughs> Jesse that. Bradford. Yeah. And that, that is always a weird, th- I, um, I very rarely audition for things these days. I've, my acting, my acting. You should. Ah. Uh, but, uh, it is, I don't, waiting room etiquette is always a strange thing. Like there's. There's like the it's so weird. People. I hate it. I hate it. There's such nervous energy. And then there's you the people, people who seem to be actively trying to psych you out by showing how confident they are, or like oh, really, they come nailed it. It's like no. How would that help your case? Like that's so you know what it is. You there's a strange thing between trying to be you're too comfortable because you're nervous, or you're too up because you're nervous, and like the people who are either are just strange. You know, like the people who are just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm super comfortable. Hey, I know everybody in the waiting room. It's like, that's weird. And then the people just who are just the receptionist like, who are like, like shaking <laughs> and like mouthing the words to themselves, that freaks me out too. Um, it's just a terrible experience. Someone uh, told me they were like, if you, could, if you could audition right out of your car for everything, you would book at everything you had to short. Like that you get out of your car. Person would or you would? Everyone would. would. Like yeah. you, you get out of your car and you're like, I got this. And then you sit in the waiting room for like an hour and you're like, what were the words? I don't remember <laughs> any of this. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, th- speaking of things that were, um, that we we thought we were ready for that we're not. Da-da, <laughs> is this da-da. a good transition into coronavirus? Da-da talk? Nervous. Oh, I thought you were talking about the uh, the the sad loss this week that multiple people oh, sent us through. I thought that's that. where you were going. Yes, let's. Uh, we do need to have a moment of silence for Mad Mike Hughes. Barry, did you hear about Mad Mike Hughes? Yeah, should no. we? Should we have I recorded you were do like Kobe a, Bryant? <laughs> should we have recorded like a pre-roll, like a sort of a trigger warning or no? Like just this alert? this episode is uh, dedicated to the dedicated. who's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Um, Okay, it's this this part's debatable. He got onto my radar because he is a flat earther. And now he, he was introduced to me. I think Forrest Shaw, friend of the show Forrest Shaw had encountered him in Nevada. I think they actually had some kind of interaction and we were maybe oh, going to do something with him on Jeffries when I was writing it at one point. Wow. But I'm is, fascinated by flat earthers. He is well, he yeah. is a 
homemade rocket enthusiast. Oh, he shot himself into the atmosphere. Yeah, I read about this. He is a flat earther now, but (laughs) what was his? uh, What was the point of him doing that? That's the thing I don't get. I think that he might have adopted the flat Earth thing as a stunt because he is a like a wannabe evil Knievel. He formerly set the record for like the longest jump in a limousine, like a hundred feet in a limo Mm -hmm. or something. So I think he might have done this and just said that he's going to get up yeah. high so he can see if there's so, curved just as a stunt. But he wanted to kill himself? Yeah, it was the just official... Uh, I, well, no, I think no, he, I think no, he no, definitely no, wanted no. to survive, but he wanted to... So, so the official story that he gave people that really got him a lot of press attention and a lot of general attention was he wanted to shoot himself in the sky so high that he got into sort of suborbital heights and was able to see the curvature or lack thereof of the Earth and therefore see for himself, prove that the Earth is flat, or disprove it. But Oh, how high, high do you have to get up to prove that? Well, he Something was hoping... like six... Well, <laughs> let's, let's just put this in perspective. He was aiming to get to 5,000 feet with this homemade steam-powered rocket. I love that. No, but the average plane... That's a great plane, idea. Cruising altitude for a yeah. plane is about 35,000 feet. Yeah, so, seven yeah. times higher, so he could just buy a southwest ticket yeah but you can't trust that you can't you gotta be up there okay. yourself yeah cause when you're on the plane you don't know that could be green screen it yeah they're playing the video yeah. on a loop you we don't know. know you don't yeah. know what's going on yeah. up there yeah oh mad mike people could all have their windows closed um but so then the science channel was documenting this last attempt and the, what's I guess the science channel science science channel there's a real the science channel we've Matt and I have both been on it we wrote for a show for science <laughs> that's channel that's sci-fi just yeah. called science the, no, science, no, the channel. science channel oh science oh, science okay I bet Neil deGrasse Tyson's on that a lot is Talk on Talk's on that Geo oh, okay. oh. which is but I, I'm sure he has appeared on that show on Nat, that channel, Nat Geo is one of those things like L.A. Phil. It's, it sounds like a dude. <laughs> like, have you seen? Where's Nat Geo? Nat Geo. <laughs> I saw him in L.A. Phil at the. At the Man, Nat Geo's not Formosa. doing too well. Have you no, seen no. him? I, heard, I saw him walking on La Brea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Isn't it when you see someone walking on La Brea or Hollywood, yeah. you're like, are they okay? <laughs> I, I walk on La Brea every day. <laughs> I hey, kinda, you're not, I kind of like there's certain portions of Hollywood things. Boulevard where you shouldn't be. Like, people I know. Are, you get if judged, you're walking, but... you're like, what are you doing, man? At night, you're like, are you looking for a prostitute? What are you doing? Yeah, but I, I, did, I just took a job for like three or four months that the main appeal of the job is the fact that I can walk to it. I'll be walking La Brea every day. <laughs> it's like a half hour walk over in Hollywood. I'm like, that's worth a big pay cut. The fact that I'm going to be just like zero stress, not in traffic for months. Oh God. But then everybody's going to look at you. I, don't I get yeah, every day. I get that shame. I listen to audiobooks now. Uh, speaking of shame. So yeah, Mad Mike Hughes. Um, yeah. So the, the deal was, the Science Channel was there documenting his attempt, and I guess there's going to be a show, or there'll be, there's a show called like Amateur Astronauts or something like that. Right. So the cameras were on him, and uh, it's this homemade steam-powered rocket, and as it took off, the the metal ladder that he used to get into the cockpit kind of grabbed onto part of the rocket and pulled out the parachute that would have <laughs> deployed and also like set it off course. That's oh, just kind of, I mean, like when you're watching it, knowing someone. What was the right ending? He wanted. Oh, when you say when you're watching that, that's footage. You're kidding, right? No, I didn't know. I just there's read the article. I didn't realize this. It's the most cartoonish death. It's the craziest thing. Like, I don't want to make light of a death on this, but it's also the most, you know, fucking wily e. coyote. <laughs> Is it really awful to watch? Well, no, because you don't see all. I mean, you see the ship crash. You don't see. There's nothing gory. It's just you know that that's a person's life ending, and it's just a really surreal thing because like the actual physics of it are so comical. What did he want? What did he? Around, what was his ideal? <sighs> Like way he survives. Was oh, he, he did this before a couple of years ago. Oh, he parachute. Went, like, yeah. So what's meant to happen is as it reaches the top of the arc, and then as it starts to fall, the parachute deploys, and he just floats back down to earth. 
Oh, God. With, I'm okay. sure still a relatively bumpy landing. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think. And also. It can't be that pleasant. And the G forces taking off have to be pretty. Aggressive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, this is what you have to do to stand out nowadays. You know? This <laughs> yeah. is the only way to get, like, views and followers. This or TikTok, and I'm too old to. <laughs> I'm Thank too you. old to get TikTok, so I think it's just going to be have to be homemade rocketry yeah. for me. Yeah. TikTok is that's it. That we're it's done. So I think that's it for social media. One of the guys, this journalist who was docu- who was following him around for a while, he posted his own cell phone video of it, and the, oh the t- on Twitter. I'm not. This? I'm not going to make. I, no, I want to see it. Yes, this is not. I guess this is morbid curiosity, but it's just you know, if you can see what happens with the parachute grabbing Justin Chapman said Mad Mike Hughes just launched himself in a self-made steam-powered rocket and crash landed very likely did not survive is it flying? which oh. I, I the very likely did not survive when you see the video is like okay that's a little too uh, jokey for what happened I'll leave the sound off so you don't hear Where's people the rocket? around there's the rocket damn so there is a moment when everyone realizes this is not oh, gonna no. go the way it's supposed to go and people oh, start gasping no. obviously it's it's horrible but also this guy has oh, had a death wish no. and that looks so bad it, oh god he knows at this point huh oh 100 percent oof yeah so that's Mad Mike Hughes. And, Oof. you know, after each one of these ones, he goes, you know, I know this rocket's going to get me one of these times. So it's like, we aren't supposed to shed that many tears for a dude who was like, really? So the like ladder the solo just pulled guy. the parachute off? Yeah, yeah. Look at that part again if you want to oh see. Oh, God. Looked like it just kind of snagged. Ooh. Yeah. So the parachute deployed on the way up, which isn't the usual way parachutes should work. Um he did prove the Earth is hard. It was a nice day out. I'll say that. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> the Earth is hard. Hey guys, what if? Not all. You know, this is true. Not all of the Earth is hard. That's true. That's there's plenty have, of soft I've Earth. I've heard that. Yeah. I'm a soft I'm a Earth. earth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Mad Mike Hughes. Yeah. What if he wasn't? What if he wasn't even mad? <laughs> It was all a stunt. Oh, what if he fucking didn't actually? What if he wasn't in that? That would be. Oh, and he comes out. That, that would get yeah. a lot of hits. Just some Chris Angel type stuff. So is he famous? I mean, he's famous because flat earthing has, if that's a verb, has kind of taken off in recent years. How much of flat earthing is real versus people trying to be um, outrageous Dicks, trolls? We've talked yeah. about this a lot. I still don't know. It seems like it's mostly trolls, but there's also if you watch the documentary on YouTube, I think it's called uh, Behind the Curve. Mm. You get the feeling that like once everyone has invested themselves in this as as their as their social network, they're so invested in that that they probably know it's not real, but they also would lose all their friends if they suddenly went back on their. So at some shit. point they thought it was real, and then they. I had don't to even stick know it. that it's people. They it's found just, a, they found a club that they like being part of, and they have friends, and now they don't want to lose those friends. I think what I get is. caught up on is if you think that this is all a conspiracy, how are so many people involved? Like, the amount of people that have had to conspire to make the Earth round. Oh, yeah. yeah and this is that's... something that's, that's come up on the show a, while, a few times. There was a study a while back where people, where some, they calculated for each conspiracy theory how many people would have to be involved to keep it a secret, and therefore how long, in theory, it could be kept a secret before someone blew the lid on it. If just you just going take by... the average number of people yeah. it takes to have a, a leak or something? Or... Exactly, and just, you know... Because the more people are involved, the less chance, the more likely it is that someone will blurt it out within a certain amount of time. 
You know, right. a, a conspiracy yeah. that involves just two people could probably be kept secret for a lifetime, whereas a conspiracy that involves 100,000 people would probably stay secret for about a month. Or maybe there are people who have come forward and they're just flat earthers. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Good point. I mean, good point. Oh, I don't by, know. By the way, I feel like this is a good way to segue into. Uh, I should apologize for autism talk a couple weeks ago. Oh no! Did you see the email we got, Matt? I did. I did. I thought it was uh, very nicely written. Yes, email. one of our listeners wrote in um, and talked about having an autistic child, and he didn't like that we were insinuating that I was sort of insinuating that autism might be caused by screen time. I, I was not trying what? to say that. I was not trying to say that. <laughs> what I was trying to say was, um, in the same way that I have sympathy for not so much flat earthers as like anti-vaxxers when you realize these are people who are in pain they have a child who has this thing that's mysterious to them and that all humans are we're all like pattern matching machines we all want to find patterns and make connections you know so like we're all subject to the whole correlation assuming correlation implies causation we want a story these two things happen we assume that means that one of them caused the other and they're just yeah. they just both happen like you you had vaccines and you have autism but i get the in- instinct to want to like make sense so of what things. did you say so i was just saying like but i don't even get why they would have um chosen vaccines since those didn't start existing when autism sort of took off like i think i was just trying to say i could see a theory where like you might think that something that started more recently like screen time but i shouldn't have brought that up because that's probably also someone's actual conspiracy theory or like theory that's not founded about, I, I apologize. I was not trying to. And of course that also would insinuate the parents are to blame in some way because of like letting their kids watch. I'm not. So I, I disavow whatever I was implying with that. I think I was trying to make a point that like <laughs> we, we are all uh, subject to that. The biases of like seeing two things that are correlated and then like draw our own conclusions, but we should all hold out until we actually see if there's any proof that one of them causes the other instead of just, do we know like, we don't know much about anything. People are born with autism though. I mean, we don't know as far as we know. uh, Yeah. And, and, uh, like Paul, if Paul who emailed in was sort of talking about one of the things that like, and we did talk about this in the show a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this, that, that just, Mo- the most likely reason why autism rates have increased in recent years is because diagnosis, detection and yeah. diagnosis has increased massively. Yeah. Except, okay, this is the other reason where like I am subject to the same biases that I hate in others, where my anecdotal experience, which is not huge, but is like not just a few, I have so many friends who have autistic children on that spectrum right now and even if you're saying they're diagnosed more those children still have they exhibit behavior that even in prior generations would have been notable whatever you called it it would have been notable well there was i I remember when i was young and there there was like kids who were just weird kids and you'd be like that's a weirdo and they would just be part of your school and you wouldn't know that you just thought it was just them their personality being strange and I think now we're like, oh, they they have a condition and that needs to be addressed. And like, uh, and yeah, once you're aware of what's going on, the there, then you're like, oh, it's them. much easier to integrate because you're like, oh, that person just right because the, they would just sees the world through slightly different eyes. Normal yeah. kids who didn't have that disease and they would just. Be, I think we need to be wary about awful, saying disease. I, I didn't want to say disease and weird and normal. I, I, yeah, but but I, I, I'm not saying. I, I'm saying what kids would say yes, about right, them. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that was awful that they would be treated that way. So it was right. like it was not a. Uh, um, I think there was there was just no not a word for it when we were young. Yeah, and yeah. everything everything that wasn't a certain example of of like 
what was considered normal was all grouped together as one. Everyone was put in the same classroom, you know, anybody from like someone who had just yeah autism spectrum disorder or down syndrome or any like everyone was just in the same special ed classroom back in the day or at least when I, where i went to school like yes really and we didn't see the varying um degrees of it we didn't yeah. we weren't uh tolerant of that at all yeah yeah and the idea of it being a spectrum as well where you know i think most people in the 80s became aware of autism through the movie through rain, rain man, man. <laughs> and then you're like okay it's either that but even then it wasn't nothing. it wasn't yeah. called that right no, he I was. Think, I think yeah. they did say the word autism. There was a time when I I only thought of autistic as a adjective that preceded savant, mm. like as a rain man. Like if you're autistic, it's assumed you can also paint a photorealistic portrait of right. someone you saw for five seconds. Or yeah, like, which is which is yeah, a pretty just, bad stereotype. Just like get them are. to the casino right, right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry, Paul, and anyone else who I offended with that insensitive autism talk. But I'm still very curious. I, I still don't think that it's purely that we're diagnosing more often and Matt, you don't share that intuition at all uh no i don't think so this but, whole thing's but, gonna get cut out <laughs> no but I'm, I'm not saying i have any explanation for why it would be increasing but it definitely like i can't believe the number of people who i know who have children who are autistic these days okay that's just me I'm, yeah it's no, not good or bad i think just, we're just, just we're we're able to um have a word that gives kids more care yeah, I don't know if it's if it's a matter of being like, oh, now that kid is uh has a problem. I think yeah. it's it's if there's a, a if they're on the spectrum, why not get them the proper right right yeah, right. I guess yeah. So I don't, I don't I, know about it enough. But. I don't know if I just undid my uh, apology by then hedging it with that, but it's you just cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, I, I apologize if anybody's. Um, if anybody's offended by my uh, talking out my ass. Just by the way, I, this is weirdly, just while we're talking about autistic children, that the, an article that I've got loaded up for doing later in the show, just uh, it's on a science website, so it has other science stories in the sidebar. And I, out of the corner of my eye, I misread the story. Uh-huh. But the story is just, and I don't think it's particularly interesting, uh, just a uh, new sna- snail discovered by citizen scientists named after Greta Thunberg. <laughs> but I sort of read that as like, Scientists <laughs> discover snail named after Greta Thunberg. <laughs> I read it as the scientist was named after Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Did you? That's a young that's, scientist. Is that not how you read it? No, I, I. New snail discovered by citizen scientists scientist na- named after Greta. Thunberg. So plural. So a whole load of yeah. citizen scientists, yeah. all of whom are named after Greta Thunberg. Oh shit! <laughs> you just knocked the headphone. Uh, that just goes. That, that's a that's another funny misreading of it. I was literally like, "This is straight." It's, have a look at this snail. It seems to be named after Greta Thunberg. I mean, the things in the Trump administration that are going to go down in history is crazy. That has to be like him making fun of her. Yeah, has to be it's one so of the biggest. Insane. And then there's yeah. I I didn't. That's cl- just like I didn't click on the story because it was too annoying and clickbaity. But now. Some conservative com- conference has like found an anti Greta Thunberg. They've basically found like a sort of thirteen-year-old oh, who loves deregulating corporations. <laughs> That's like, exactly what would the wait, candy? they did. <laughs> yeah, they found it's like, like a little girl who's like who will, who is willing to stand doesn't up. exist. That's exactly what it is. 
<laughs> so wow. now, they're, what would be their, now they're just their like dueling children. But isn't what that just like most children like, who who are told to yeah, say like, that? What, what makes this child impassioned? Yeah. Are they really about like corporate growth? And they don't want to like hinder <laughs> free markets. Or, like what's like, what's the opposite thing that a kid That's so would funny. have? Yeah, and they're like their... the hockey stick chart is a lie. <laughs> God, um, um, no, the, but the coronavirus. Uh, I was just thinking. I was just doing like a little run through of what might happen politically, and either way it goes is awful. If it spreads here in the U.S. and we lose a lot of lives, that's obviously awful. Um, if it stops of its own accord, because Trump just basically has blamed the liberal media. Now he says that it's all, it's all like fake and that the liberal news is trying to uh, get everyone scared and make him look bad. Right. Because so, he's trying to cover for the fact that his his administration has defunded the CDC. Shit. Yes. So we have this pandemic. Um, right. Because he's now asking Congress for a ton of money. Well, he just this morning he was he was saying that and this he made is a Mike hoax. Pence the head of uh... he did that a couple hours ago. But hours earlier, he misspelled coronavirus in a tweet and also blamed the liberal media for a hoax. So maybe he's realizing it's not. But like, if it does go away on its yeah. own, like he's because he's just saying Trump knows that it's going to go away by April when the weather gets warmer. Uh-huh. If it does just go away, he'll get reelected. He'll get reelected. He'll, yeah. He's going to be like, see, see. And if it doesn't go away. That means there's tons of deaths. And yes, Trump doesn't get reelected, but it means at the expense of like lots of deaths. What's bad about coronavirus? What what happens? You get pneumonia? Like 2% of people die from it, which is a lot if it's super contagious. So it's, it's a lot. It's it's sits from what I can tell and it's the have, same as SARS. It's just another it's strain of so, SARS. So SARS, yeah, cuz SARS is a coronavirus. SARS is a coronavirus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Corona it's it's odd because the word coronavirus went around the world before People sort of had a chance to explain that COVID. Uh, it's COVID nineteen is what it's now yeah. being officially named, and that's just it stands for. Well, nineteen is the year twenty nineteen, and it's uh, what is it? Sounds like it's running for uh, office. Well, we we had a story a couple of weeks ago about how they had to carefully name viruses, and that's one of the things to take into consideration because in past years they've given it a name that includes an animal or uh, a country or a sort of right mad cow. Yeah, or uh, or a uh, swine flu, and that led to the slaughter of a whole lot of pigs. Um, Spanish flu, or- and yeah, and other other names of the viruses that include nationalities or right. races, which leads to undue uh, sort of racism towards those people. <laughs> um, yeah. So they but, called but it COVID. COVID and itself then, is just a shortening of coronavirus disease, but Dutch COVID-19. fever. Yeah. Uh, but then there is a. It turns out there is also an electronics company called COVID. Ah, now everyone wants to kill them. Um, I mean, ISIS was already a lot of things before ISIS was an acronym. That's true. Um, I I wonder wonder what, how, is there going to be like a vaccine or what are people going to do? Yeah, so they're working on it. But Uh, even the best case of the vaccine, from what I've heard, is 12 to 18 months. mm. So if it really does go even more and the incubation viral. period's pretty long too so you could have it and then you could spread it to a bunch of is it spread through sex i think you i'm assuming if you have sex you're probably going to get it uh i think it, it spread it from what i can tell and again listeners if we're wrong about this please let me know it but it's um it's a bit less contagious than standard flu but it is more but it has a higher fatality rate than flu so right uh, and, it and it's like and it's spread 14. in a similar way. It's mostly spread through things like droplets in the air, like if you cough or sneeze in Oof. someone's presence. And also, people who are buying surgical masks, um, the consensus is like that's probably going to do you more harm than good if you are like fidgeting with it a lot, because the main way is like. 
touching your face with dirty hands. So if you're fidgeting with the mask, you might be giving it to yourself more readily than if you just don't touch your face. So and also hands. wash your hands you know, frequently. That's uh, we, uh, with we, soap and water. With having a baby, we had to learn a lot about measles, and it's pretty crazy. That measles is back, first of all, because people were like, "We're not going to vaccinate." Autism, it's partly, but right. it's also, and, <laughs> yeah, well, and it, because of, of false, yeah, a false fear about autism, and also because it has been sufficiently long now that people are distanced from the horror of measles. Because I, uh, yes, because you also think of measles as something that no, I know somebody who got it as a kid, or we got it as a kid, kid, and we were fine, and they don't realize measles has like a has something like a 1 or 2% fatality rate and a higher than that rate of possible brain death. No, I think it's like 0.1% fatality rate, but it's still... It's still pretty high. High. Yeah. But for babies, a lot higher of a fatality rate. Right. And it could stay in a space for up to two hours. Did you know that? Like if someone is in a Coughs, space... Then walks away. That's how contagious it is. If they're in an elevator or room... It could stay in that room for two hours after they leave. Damn. Here we go. 0.2% so fatality rate in general for the general population. So that's one in every 500 people who gets measles dies. That's, that's a lot. Very. That's a lot of people. But you forget about right. that because so that few people have measles so now. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, this is a problem that people don't understand relative risk, which is something else we've talked on the show about where... People are comparing the vaccines. All vaccines carry a certain risk. They do. Like any, like any medicine, there's a chance you can have a negative reaction to it. But you have to compare the risk of the vaccine to the risk of the disease. Not, right. not just the risk of the vaccine to nothing. Right. Like the same way seatbelts carry a risk. And I still, any, I still any want to be thrown free. I want to be... Right. What's yeah. the risk of a seatbelt? Well, it, you can... You can get trapped in the car. You can damage. You can it can bruise you in crashes. It can even sort of seriously injure you. Oh, but you're saying it's just so crazy outweighed but, by the yeah. Benefit. So, but that's why you don't you don't go. How many people in a car crash are injured or killed by the seatbelt? You you go how many people are injured or killed by the seatbelt compared to how many people are injured or killed from not wearing the seatbelt. crashes where they're you, have, you have to compare those two. And when it comes to vaccines, There's you don't a, go how many people are killed by vaccines. You go how many people are compared, killed by vaccines compared to how many people are killed when they don't have the vaccine. And then you go, oh shit, we need to have the vaccine. There's oh, also, shit, I was we need listening to, to a, a Malcolm Gladwell essay where he was talking about there's, there's some phenomenon with every new innovation in safety where it has a where some safety measures, like in cars especially, have a negative effect on on fatalities and injuries. Because they get everyone's confidence up? Because or- it gets confidence up. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? There is, there is. And they have to weigh that into it. Like anti-lock brakes was one of them. When anti-lock brakes came out, some for some reason car accidents went up because people were like way more cavalier. Right. It's the whole concept of like with CTE, like what if you took helmets off of the players? Would they be safer? Right, because in American football, because compared, if you compare American football to something like rugby or Australian rules football, where there are really strict rules on how you can tackle, that yeah. right. American footballers tackle like skull first. Yeah, they're like yeah, they'll use their they'll yeah, use their it, head it, it, and neck it, like, as battery. It brands. absorbs its own benefit, right? You know, um, where yeah, whereas what there is actually some reasonable evidence that. Uh, there is some credible evidence that you are safer cycling without a helmet. Wait. For for exactly the reason... Oh, that Mar- oh, oh 100%. Not because, equivalent styles yeah. of sick, but the kind of cycling you'll do when you're not wearing a helmet. But no, the yeah, op- because, the because both is true. Because also. you take... Uh, 
both the cyclists take more risks when they're wearing a helmet and also drivers are more inclined really? to give people who aren't wearing a helmet more space. It's there there was also a study too that there's less accidents in places that are dangerous for driving because people are more aware and they're more on edge. Meaning but, like, you know, like in Manhattan. Right. Because everyone's like, oh my God, I have to like constantly be aware of what's going on around me because everyone is so crazy. That so, th- you're, so th- you're always on edge versus places where you're more comfortable, like on a highway and you could get like sleepy and you know. So yeah, I think you're right. There are things like that. When it comes to seatbelts, the evidence is very clear that yeah. just it, the deaths plummeted when seatbelts got brought in. And then also... Right. And also with vaccines, it doesn't really change your behavior whether you have a vaccine or not. You're not more or less likely to be in public and therefore right. possibly I wonder, there. though, do we have less... I know this sounds crazy, but do we have less deaths because of seatbelts? Yes. I know we have yes. more cars yeah, yes. on the roads. Yes, no, we, that one we definitely yeah. do. Uh, I can thank Ralph Nader for that and for blowing the 2000 election. Both those things are Ralph Nader's really? doing. Isn't he pretty much responsible for seatbelt laws? It feels like once we get electric cars, we could almost eliminate car deaths to at least like a very small amount yes but you mean self-driving cars yeah self-driving yeah, but the problem is when they do cause a death then we don't know who to blame and we aren't good at like weighing the fact that those deaths are so much rarer than the old deaths used to be against that so we're going to be like we have to get rid of them all because these robots my my son was killed by a robot you know yeah but every, like, everyone in a plane crash is of, killed by a robot because of autopilot what? Because of autopilot? I mean, 90% of them have some sort of mechanical failure, right? Right. That's a good point. Um, but we no, still I, take I'm airplanes. with you. I, I think that we have to, like, the faster we can get to self-driving cars, the safer our world will be. But it I, feels it's going to be crazy to convince some people. That, like, we can have that technology and not be using it now. Because yeah. people are, so many people die in car accidents. I know. It's, it's, but people like the idea of free will or autonomy or something more than they dislike death. Yeah. So, by was... the way, according to the CDC, uh, the Center of Disease Control website, they seatbelts reduce the risk of death by 45% and cut the risk of serious injury by 50%. I don't think even with riskier behavior, I don't. I very much doubt People you, would, twice as fast you would as... be twice as risky or twice as careless without well, the seatbelt. What do they measure that up by? Just uh, the amount of car deaths after they came out versus before they came out? Or by people, people who are wearing, wearing the seatbelt right versus people who weren't wearing the seatbelts. Oh. Although, you can well, argue that, that people who don't wear seatbelts might also drive crazier. Yeah. Which is also related to a science story, guys. A story. Oh, what do you got? <laughs> this was not sent in by listeners, but I just came across this today. Uh, if you drive an expensive car, you're probably a jerk. As it turns out, a new study has found that drivers of flashy vehicles are less likely to stop and allow pedestrians to cross the road, with the likelihood they'll slow down decreasing by 3% for every extra $1,000 that their vehicle's worth. So researchers from University of Nevada, Las Vegas, speculated that expensive car owners felt a sense of superiority over other road users and were less able to empathize with lowly sidewalk dwellers. Oh, yeah. They came to this conclusion after asking volunteers to cross a sidewalk hundreds of times, filming and analyzing the responses by car drivers. Researchers used one white and one black man and one white and one black woman, (laughs) also finding that cars were more likely to yield for the white female participants, uh, for the white and female participants. Vehicles stopped 31% of the time for both women and white participants compared with 24% of the time for men and 25% for black volunteers. But the best predictor of whether a car would stop wow. is its cost, research discovered. Disengagement and a lower ability to interpret thoughts and feelings of others along with feelings of entitlement and narcissism may lead to a lack of empathy for pedestrians. 
among costly car owners, they theorized. Hmm. And the discovery of a car value to jerkish behavior correlation isn't new. The research published in the Journal of Transport and Health, backed up by a Finnish study published last month that found that men who own flashy vehicles are more likely to be argumentative, stubborn, disagreeable, and unempathetic. Well, it's like a chicken or the egg thing, though. What's causing what? The expensive car makes you a dick. <laughs> I mean, it could. Um, by the way, while while you were reading that story, I was I found a study from some people at I think it was a. Stanford. You know, just, just to add to that, I've I've noticed that the the times where I have more, either more money or more stuff, or I'm sitting in first class or anything that's seen as like a status thing, yeah, I become a exponentially worse person. <laughs> Seriously, like if I'm in first class and anything goes wrong. I'm How terrible about yeah. it because you're already you're given this thing that you're like I'm important now yeah. and if it makes you feel any less than that importance you are more likely to be upset yeah you're willing to put up with more when you're not given this inflated thing yeah, so got- I think the thing causes it I don't think it's like I don't think it's the other way around like I don't think it, someone is a dickhead and then gets money and they're like now I'm a dick. Some people, of course, but oh, no, I think but it's the actual status stuff. When you start, when you start to believe you're important, right? But because you, of the stuff you have. But you're saying that getting money means you get an expensive car. Like some people would get money and not get an expensive car. So there's like a bunch of different things that are variables here, right? Like having money doesn't mean you have to spend that money on a car. I'm not even talking about the money. I'm talking about the stuff and the status. Yeah, yeah. I think people who are treated better by certain things they have are more willing to be assholes. Yeah. I'm just trying to think about whether like... I mean, I guess, yes. I could see how all these things feed into each other in kind of a feedback loop and it's like which one started the other. But, you know, there are there are, there are probably smaller numbers of people but people who probably do have the ability to go throw money around on statusy things and don't do it. That's true. Uh, I don't know what that says about any of this. But like, yeah, this study is like the least surprising thing I've ever read. Like that makes total sense. I think it's a little surprising because it's. I think what the true thing is, is that I think it's the actual car that causes that. Like having that, that car, car is like having. I don't think it says in first class who's. Like, yes. Yeah. And you're like, how dare you let me down and ask me to slow down? For yes. This. Yes. Yeah. I paid. I paid to opt out of this. I, I paid totally to opt think out that of that's what it is. For pedestrians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, when while you were looking up, so yeah, this is study at for the, some scientists did at Stanford that found um, unambiguously, apparently, they were studying the effect of mandatory seatbelt laws, and they found that unambiguously, uh, mandatory seatbelt laws reduce ter- reduce traffic fatalities. A one percentage point increase in usage saves 136 lives annually, and if incre- usage was increased from 68% to the target level of 90%, around 1,500 to 3,000 lives would be saved annually. Mm. There we mm. go. We'll, I'll link that in the show notes. Okay. Um, there is a... Yeah, I mean, just to go back to what you're saying, I think that obviously wearing your seatbelt versus not wearing your seatbelt in a car accident is obviously yeah. way safer to wear your seatbelt. But this story—that's like saying, like, if you're in a biking accident, yeah. But would this story, this story was like taking into account it was just the effect That's of mandatory seatbelt law. So it looks yeah. like even what you were saying is, does it make you more reckless, etc.? It looks like even when you take that into account, it uh, it saves lives. It still saves lives. Yeah. You're still safer wearing a seatbelt, right? But maybe not some of those other things. Some of that stuff about ABS—that's really interesting. Yeah. There's a story while we're talking about possible conspiracy theory type things Are we? that feels or earlier on and like flat Earth is. 
There's a story that our buddy Janelle Wilson sent in that that feels very bullshitty, except for the fact that it's been it's come from scientists at uh, the University of Massachusetts Amherst, which is a proper university, and it was published in Nature, which is a proper applications to the future of renewable energy, climate change, and medicine. So these scientists at UMass Amherst have developed a device that uses a natural protein to generate electricity from moisture in the air. It's electricity from thin air that could I don't ha- like the body shaming aspect of this air. Why can't it? All, all air. Yeah, is- sorry. All air is beautiful. But no. it's just a descriptor. So it I don't think it's work bad to say that air? it's thin. Okay. I'm just saying that the, the air is thin. Okay. Not saying- yeah. okay. It's just stating a... Okay. I think you can just... You can just yeah. It's thin... It's here. It's air. <laughs> Inhale it. I want it. Uh, as reported in Nature, the laboratory of electrical engineer Yun, Jun Yao and the microbiologist Derek Lovely at UMass Amherst have created a device they call AirGen, or Air Power Generator, with electrically conductive protein nanowires produced by the microbe Geobacter, which, the, which connects electrodes to the protein nanowires in such a way that the electrical current is generated from the water vapor naturally present in the atmosphere. It generates clean energy 24-7. But how much? So this is not a real thing. This is like someone is saying that this is a thing, but it's not real. Well, it's being done in a lab, and uh, so it's... Uh, it can generate power even in areas with extremely low humidity, such as the Sahara Desert. Has significant advantages over other forms of renewable energy, such as solar and wind. Says Lovely, because unlike these other sources, the engine does not require sunlight or wind. It even works indoors. Somehow, this is going to lead to us taking all the moisture out of the air. Yeah, <laughs> People I mean, are going to be really mad. There's not there's a cost to everything, but <laughs> yeah. like also, is this just the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest amount of I power generated? So, so it even... uses a thin film of protein nanowires less than ten microns thick. The bottom of the film rests on an electrode, while a smaller electrode that covers covers only part of the nanowire film sits on top. The film absorbs water vapor from the atmosphere. A combination of the electrical conductivity and surface chemistry of the protein nanowires, coupled with the fine pores between the nanowires within the film, establishes the conditions that generate an electric current between the electrodes. Is this like a version of those two potato clocks? Did you ever have one of yeah, those? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Okay. Mm. But they're able to power small electronics, and they expect Do to bring Do you guys know about coffee to- grind power? No, what's that? Oh, my God. Do you know Greg Barris? Yeah. Greg Barris has devoted the last 15 years of his life <laughs> to this coffee grind thing. We had him on our podcast several times. And uh, so apparently I can't believe coffee grinds, Greg. meaning like the waste, coffee waste, sure. yeah. after the coffee's brewed, that's just thrown out. Right. It burns as uh, hotter than fuel. It burns very hot. Okay. And you could actually put it in the grid and put it into generators and it can it can power supposedly the amount of coffee we throw away could power the whole world. I don't think that's probably true. I'm of telling this. you he did he did a lot. You should but, have but, him, you should have him on this podcast. We should, we should have him on anyway. 100% you should have him on. But the thing is there's I'm, tons of things that can burn and produce a lot of power. It's just like we should probably be trying to burn fewer things. But there's fewer things that we already throw away because we use anyway. But even if it does burn hot, it still doesn't burn clean. I mean, nothing right. Burns it's still completely. releasing. It burns cleaner like, than a lot of things. Okay, but maybe, it's still yeah, releasing like, carbon yeah. into the. It's releasing carbon dioxide and other pollutants into the atmosphere. Right, but it's something that we're using and just getting rid of. But even if even if that's the case, if we can find a solution that doesn't involve combustion, 
we should keep throwing away our coffee grounds and not burning. Like we, we don't have an obligation to burn them just because they True. can be burned if we could find an even better thing. But I, not yeah, I don't found know that what yet. that is, though. Maybe it's these nanowires. I, I wish I could see some stats on the kind of like how much power. Yeah, it says about, they do claim that it is a scalable process, that it can be scaled okay. to a com- a commercial level. And yeah, I don't know. They again, it feels I would have thought this this reeks of bullshit if it weren't for the fact that what? both of the scientists involved in this come from reputable universities and it's been published in a leading journal. I don't, I don't think it reeks of bullshit as much as it's just like, well, yeah, but it's not like it's air is it, not nothing. They didn't get electricity from a vacuum. They got it from. I was thinking about too. What if these compound. ideas are great and then what? What do you, what does it take to actually implement them? Yeah. Well, on a large so, scale. So it says in this in this article, one of the technology might be incorporated into wall paint that could help power your home or develop standalone air power generators that supply electricity off the grid. Once we get to an industrial scale for wire production, I expect, this is a quote, I fully expect we can make large systems that will make a major contribution to sustainable energy production. We'll do it. What are they waiting for? For the protein nanowire supply to not be a bottleneck? I don't I think it is just about like scaling it up now they've got the proof of concept. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe this. Maybe they will have be like a, maybe it's pilot season. They're just busy. They just <laughs> they're just auditioning. They're just sitting it's there shuffling in waiting yeah, rooms yeah. still. What are they waiting for? To see like character actory audition rooms, like everybody who's like supposed to be the dorky scientist, like everyone's in lab. I've with been there. Work. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Oh well, well it's the, the one you want to see is commercials. Because I again I commercials I haven't, are crazy. I have like an Vikings, for- like a Viking commercial, and then all of a sudden you get every person who looks like a Viking in Los Angeles in the same room. And also when it's a commercial, like when it's when you're auditioning for a TV show or movie, and it's a, just a casting director and producers in the room, they tell you like, no, don't dress as the character; you'll look crazy. Yeah, and just- everyone does it. But just like sort of allude to the character, like you know, dress smart if you're playing an, a manager, dress schlubby if you're playing a schlubby character, whatever. But dress I dress like a, for Sean Young. Right. I dress like a wolf for Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> um, Booked it, but uh, <laughs> Booked it. but most of the time they tell you not to do that. But for commercials, it's the exact opposite. They're like, yeah, dress as a dress as a Viking. <laughs> Because Do you have your own Viking outfit? Bring because it. we yeah. like to humiliate you. Yeah. We also, love humiliating you at a commercial audition. The person who's hiring you for a commercial, like you, you go in for the casting director first, but then if you get called back or if they like your tape, you're you're being, getting a thumbs up or thumbs down from some like company, some someone who works for just like Dove Soap or a bank right. and like you're 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 now auditioning for the marketing people there rather than casting, casting people who can kind of like imagine what you might look right, right, right. so you're actually like if you're driving in a commercial audition they give you a toy steering wheel and, and do make the you dumb. fake yeah. drive yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, whereas yeah, like in a in a regular audition hilarious. they're like just no just like mime driving also like, commercial like, auditions are the only ones where they make you act with other actors auditioning right which is that's another level of strange because yeah, if they're bringing sometimes they bring a way different energy than you want right like they'll just come in and be like i'm gonna be huge and you're just like okay I, there's nothing i could do right now do they, have they done that and then like kept you and swapped out the other person for someone else or how does it work do they yeah, have a bunch of different no they don't care they, yeah oh, wow. no most times they don't care about that wow. I thought maybe if you're the best of the two, they'd be like, let's keep him. Let's try out some other people to pair with him. Yeah, and they'll, they'll also sometimes they just decide that, which no. character you, you're going to be on the fly. Because I remember going for one where I was like, 
oh, this is fun. There's like a kind of joke, weird, shitty superhero character in this. And I'm like, I could think I could play that in a funny way. And then I got in the room and they're like, all right, uh, you do the superhero character, you be the guy next to him. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I just have to be the guy reacting to the superhero. Uh, yeah, no one cares. Yeah. Man. That was that was my brief foray <laughs> into commercial acting. Um, hey, Andy, I've got a story, If you, or unless you have a story you want to do. Um, no, go for it. I got a story. I, I don't know whether someone sent it in or if I just found it. Could you just search our messages? Bomb sure. sniffing cyborg lotus locusts. That does sound like right up our alley, but I don't see it as one of the ones that I earmarked for this. I feel like apologies if one of our listeners sent it in, but the uh, scientist funded by the United States Navy has revealed they successfully augmented locusts and hijacked their ability to sense a wide range of chemical odors, including explosives. Wait, they're using actual locusts that they implement? Real locusts with a chip on their back. Whoa. Those locusts with the chip on their back, they always drive the expensive fucking cars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the insects have been used to detect gases released by substances like ammonium nitrate, commonly used by terrorist groups for bomb making, and the military explosives TNT and RDX. Individual locusts were able to successfully sniff out incendiary material, but the results improved when the scientists yeah. compiled data from seven or more locusts. It feels like that sucks came- for the locusts. Yeah. <laughs> but like a mini swarm is like cloud locust computing. It's it's a slippery slope when we start deciding we could use animals against their will to to do this stuff. I mean, if we've, we've, we've that slope is vertical. We have gone down that slope. I mean, we've gone down that slope hard, but yeah. it's like at what point are you like, well, cause, do you know about um bird uh birdemic? Bir- the bird um there's it's birds aren't real movement. <laughs> On Reddit, I no. Do you know about this? I no. Oh please, my god! This you got to look this up. Please tell me. There's a whole thing on Reddit. Some of it's jokes, just like flat Earth. Like some of it's like people are like this just troll, fucking, right. but some people are into it. And the whole idea is that there since 1996, I think mm-hmm. all birds <laughs> left the Earth, and they were replaced with uh, government spy drones that look like birds this is an old i'm finding an article at audubon.org from 2018 about this yeah it's a whole thing it's a whole movement that birds don't exist birds aren't real their motto is um uh they watch you back (laughs) (laughs) like bird watching bird watching yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that's the whole motto but it's yeah yeah. they believe that sometime in the 90s um the last bird the last real bird died and now they're all government drones the CIA took out 12 billion this is fact uh took out 12 billion feathered fugitives because directors of the organization were annoyed that birds had been dropping fecal matter on their car windows the targets were eradicated. So it wasn't even for nefarious reasons at no, first. It was just because they were annoyed at. Like, Wait, this is a real article. I mean, this is oh. Audubon quoting the, oh, quoting God, the conspiracy God, God, yeah, theory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they said that they took out 12 billion of them. The targets were eradicated between 1959 and 1971 with specially altered B-52 bombers stocked with poison. <laughs> they were then supplanted with avian-like robots that yep. could be used to surveil Americans. Yeah, yeah. Do you are you guys on Reddit? I should be more. I guess. Yeah, the subreddit is hilarious how do you, do you how do you consume reddit what is your reddit habit like just oh uh, just bored during the day you just look up no i uh no you you subscribe it's like a news feed you just subscribe to different subreddits and then when you and when when you use uh, when the reddit it, app on your phone or yeah. you, and then just whatever's no i get the paper version your, that's subscribed <laughs> you go desktop <laughs> uh, so you're only sure seeing, the hotel reception <laughs> slips reddit under your door like, every your morning reddit's here <laughs> A young, a scrappy young boy with a flat cap yeah, he throws, throws it, it on my porch. Yeah, 
That would be like talk about first class, like forcing someone to print out the internet. Someone for prints you. out Reddit. <laughs> print me Reddit. I wish to. Oh, read Reddit's it. amazing. You guys have to be on Reddit. I mean, I, I, I can't believe you're doing I this only podcast. Look at it once, if, if if there's some specific thing that I want to see oh, what people are saying about, but no. I wouldn't like in the course of my day just Why? like it's the best. How do you know? How did news? you decide which ones to follow? Whatever you're interested in, and it's I don't know until I see it. It's just like there's, I, I follow this, like but, fifty. They're incredible. Okay. But you actually follow like hashtag birds. Uh, data is beautiful. That's another great one. <laughs> it just shows you how great data could be. Um, oh, data. Data. I thought you said dad is beautiful. Dad is beautiful is <laughs> another one. So that's, that's data another really for the good British one. listeners. <laughs> so um, these researchers with the locusts, uh, apparently they implanted electrodes into the insect's brains, which allowed researchers to analyze the right. neural activity of the locusts when they encounter certain substances. Which happens remarkably quickly. They um, what? Yeah, within five hundred milliseconds of exposure to each explosive substance, a discernible and distinct pattern of activity appears in the insect's brain. But here we go. But for the cyborg locust to be useful, operators must be able to physically control their movement. So they added tiny wheels. What? They sorry. They cocoon them in tiny wheeled robots that could be positioned at will. Wow. At that point, can't you just make a robot? Apparently, is it just the, cheaper to use a locust? What's I think what is remarkable is that the uh, olfactory smell is still so hard to do. To sense. Yeah, it's still. Robot. It, it, it looks like these insects are still better at smelling than. Really. In in immediate time than. Any kind of electronic gear. Are you making that up? I'm riffing. Yeah, but no, <laughs> but I, it, I mean, it seems to be. Otherwise, the speed why would at which you this? were saying that implied you were making that whole yeah. thing up. It's kind of slowed down at the end there. It's like, I'm still electronic words. Things. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, I'm off the edge of the cliff and I'm just trying to, I'm just still scampering out there. Go for it. That is pretty cool. I mean, we did have a robot uh, expert on our podcast and they were saying that people are wrong to be afraid of large sized robots. You should be afraid of tiny robots. Or just afraid of algorithms that don't even have a physical presence, but have swung our well. Those are here. World but I mean, like when we think about robots taking over, how scary would tiny microscopic robots that could come into your house at any oh, time? Oh, like be? that the Black Mirror one about like yeah, the, yeah, that's true. That's the scarier ones. Yeah, not like these. You know, in the movies, you know, giant robots killing Will Smith. No, it'd be hard to get. You'd have to be lucky for one of those to target you. Yeah, one of these fake birds coming after you. Fake birds? How about a fake locust? God, terrifying, terrifying. You know? it's no good. My house has a ton of locusts right now. Who knows what which ones you are have real? Locusts? Is <laughs> <laughs> biblical plagues going on? Is that what that is? Yeah, that yeah, really does explain is. a lot. Yeah, I uh, I forget about them. It's like you know, you come home for a vacation and you you know what your house really smells like. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> you ever hear that? If you ever want to know what your house really smells like, yeah. smell it when you come home from vacation. That's yeah, how it smells. Smells like locusts and shit. Yeah. Locust shit. <laughs> Barry, where can our listeners find you? Oh, um, Los Angeles. Right. So go to LA and just ask for Barry. <laughs> uh, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, uh, not LinkedIn. Um, what is the podcast that you've mentioned? It's called Save the World with Barry and Lucas, but it's done for temporarily. But you could go back and listen to old ones. Well, if it's done, that means all the more you can be a completist with, yeah. it, with ease. Our listeners like to start you could get the, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, you could just jump in there, 
get it done. Nice. You can find us at probablyscience.com and you've got a movie to plug as well. Oh, right? yeah. It's called Lovebirds. It's coming out April 3rd everywhere. Nice. That's yeah. great. Who, uh, what's the story with it? It's Kumail Nagiani and Issa Rae. Oh, and I think I saw a still of that for, of, of them kissing on his yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Did they so. film that in London? No, New Orleans. Ah. Yeah, we shot it there. It was um, it was fun. That's, that's great. That's yeah, very cool. See it. And are they real lovebirds or are they more like drones? They're fake. <laughs> <laughs> lovebirds aren't real. Issa Rae Kamel play. Yeah, there's a whole movement that the movie isn't real. That it was <laughs> that it was all written. Being replaced by military play aircraft. <laughs> Um, you can find us at probablyscience.com at probablyscience individually at Andy T. Wood at Matt Kirshen probablyscience at gmail.com is our email address for any questions comments clarifications stories you'd like us to cover and that's about it really I wanted to say also if you want to come to a taping in the Playa Vista area of Los Angeles anytime between March 9th and 17th of the great debate the show I'm working on that a friend of the show TJ Chambers is running um We've booked almost all the guests and they're great. We can't say the names yet, but like, I think there are things that our listeners would like. So if you want to be in the audience for a show, contact us through any of the aforementioned Twitter handles or email addresses. Uh, but I guess, yeah, tweet at probably science and, um, yeah, you can get in the audience. And if you want to cosplay all the better, it's a very nerdy debate show that I was telling Barry about earlier. I love it. Nerds get to debate nerdy topics. Um, I'll be in Playa Vista between the 9th and 17th. Yeah. You come. Yeah, I'll be there. Sweet. Sweet. You should cosplay as that guy who was in that Scorsese film. <laughs> I know everybody wants me to be Leo. <laughs> did you ever do the uh, the McConaughey chest thump thing from that movie? Oh, I yeah, that was my whole thing. Yeah, that's pretty. I great. did that for hours. Uh, that is that's the show. Barry, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you, thank guys. You. Thanks hey. for joining us. Yeah. Uh, bye. See you next. Bye. Week. bye. bye.